This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, March the 6th. I'm your host, D.A. The talk of the sports world today, Charlie Casterly, former NFL general manager, member of the NFL Network, his takedown of Kyler Murray. According to Casterly, his sources tell him that the Oklahoma quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner, the presumed number one pick in the NFL draft, is a disaster in terms of leadership, understanding defenses in the film room, and that that is going to come back to haunt whoever chooses him. So let's start there. Can we trust Casserly's takedown of Kyler Murray? Here's Grant and Danny with Mike Lombardi on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. How troubling and problematic shorter would that be? Well, I think, look, you, you can't dismiss anything that you hear, but I think you have to collect the data in a way to where you got to go back and talk to the people that know this kid. I mean, when you watch him on tape, you don't get lapses of mental mistakes from the tape. So I think what you have to do is go back to Oklahoma, spend time with Lincoln Riley, spend time with players, spend time with people that have been around the kid and find out, does he work hard? What can you learn there? I mean, 15 minutes, you can't learn everything in that session. And I've seen too many teams make decisions in those 15 minutes that have been mistakes for them. So, but isn't this the, the era or the this, the season here, Michael, of just complete misinformation? I and mean, this is what teams are doing. They're hoping that Kyler Murray falls out of a certain spot so they could jump up and grab him. Nobody's taking him off their board for uh, a bad whiteboard experience for 15 minutes in an Indianapolis hotel, right? I, this, this to me, just reeks I, I can't of, of, of misspeak. I mean, I mean you know, I can't imagine it. I mean, look, I, you know, Charlie has his sources in the league. I'm sure, you know, he researched. I mean, they told him. But, I mean, to me, I think it's a little bit problematic because it se- it sends a narrative that may or may not be true. And I think as a club, you've got to dismiss it in terms of not that you don't believe it, is you've got to do your own research and your own homework and find out what this guy's really about. On Murray, this wouldn't worry me, but now we've got a guy, everyone was very excited and threw a party at his size and his weight and his hands, but he's still the smallest quarterback in the NFL when he gets there. You've got the Dan Patrick interview. You've got this report. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it it does seem like that there is enough baggage here for question marks, but yet he's got helium and he's flying up the board to number one overall. Surprise you at all. Well, I mean, look, he's flying up the board based on people that really aren't making any decisions. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, this time last year when certain draft uh, prognosticators were doing their draft predictions three years ago, they didn't have Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Now, was he flying up the board when he went, I think, what, 12th or 13th to the Chiefs? I think this is just the time where we have so many mocks and we have so much misinformation. You know, we don't even have the medical back on half these players. We don't know what the test score is on, on Kyler Murray. We don't know what 
actually his ability is to handle situations. I mean, there's too much data to collect to say this is going to happen. I mean, the report that Cliff Kingsbury told the kid he was going to pick him first, come on, do you really believe that? I mean, I've been in the NFL 35 years. There's no way a head coach is going to walk over to a player and say, hey, bro, we're taking you one, don't worry. Seriously. I mean, some of the stuff that gets reported is just ridiculous. It's almost insulting to our intelligence. I know that Charlie Casserly sometimes comes off as an old man waving his fist, yelling at the clouds. But let's face it, there's got to be somebody in the NFL that gave Casserly this breakdown, this review. And to be honest, he's not the first one that has rumored or whispered about some questions surrounding Kyler Murray's work ethic. Look, maybe it's because Kyler Murray always had baseball as his first plan. Maybe it's because he just kind of fell into the stardom of the NFL path. But whatever the case is, there are some people, even outside of Casterly, that question whether Kyler Murray is ready for the next level. And that's going to scare you. Because, of course, we know the questions about his size. We know the questions about the offense that he ran in the Big 12. But if you also combine that with a kid who is not ready to really take on the full reins of leadership and work and what it takes to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL, especially the number one pick overall in the league, that's where that thing could become a true disaster. In the NBA, the Boston Celtics seemed like they were a disaster, flying across the country to take on the best team of the NBA, the three-time world champion recently, Golden State Warriors. I mean, Kyrie wanted out. Nobody liked playing with one another. Everybody seemed to be fraying at the edges, and here they were walking into the lion's den. Lo and behold, we have a Celtics win in impressive fashion. In fact, it's the worst loss of the Steve Kerr era at Golden State by more than 30 points. So what happened? The Celtics found a way to pull it together. And what happened to the Warriors? And should we worry about the Warriors? Here's Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95-7 the game in San Francisco. Can Golden State switch it on to the playoffs? I wonder if they're going to be able to make it. I wonder if this Warrior team will be able to flip the switch, as we said last year. It just feels a little bit different, the place they're in and the difficulty in flipping that switch. So handshake agreement, they've proved over the past four years that they're remarkable. They're on the cusp of doing something very few teams have done. Yet, there are some troubling things we're seeing this year that we haven't seen before. All right, let's move it over to you. 33-point defeat. It's the Boston Celtics. It's nationally televised. We just went through this with the Rocket game. We're going through it again. How does it land on your plate? Well, when you talk about Boston, should those fans be upset? Absolutely. Because the talent's there. The coaching's there. The squad's there. The tangibles are there. So, yes, you should be upset if you're a Boston fan the way that they've been playing it's inexcusable with the Warriors should you be a little upset yes you should be because if they are this team that we think they are you should have the ability to play at a higher level in big spots now you look at certain individuals and you say okay you look for Boogie for instance what do you want to do cutting come on is Looney really better if that's what you want to do can you get better No, here's what you have to realize. Can he do it? Don't be upset if you're asking someone to do something that he can't do. So sometimes when I watched Boogie last night get in high pick and rolls and a guy was cutting, took his eyes off the ball, and he tried to feast fouling, he's trying. 
It's not like Boogie's not giving it effort. It's not like the guy's being lazy. It's not like he's saying, oh, I don't care. I'm not going to play defense. This guy knows the alarm has been sound. Boogie, you're not playing great defense. He knows it. And he's trying. And right now, is he capable of playing at the level that we all want him to? That's what we have to realize. There was an incident last year that we were all here. And what was everyone saying toward the end of the year about KD? He's taking, he's shooting too much. He's too fast. There, he's going. There, he's depending on too he's much taking iso ball. Too much iso ball. I remember all the things around him. So, what did you want him to do? No longer play. No longer shoot. So sometimes we look here and we have a narrative and we have a solution. But these guys are out on the court and they're put in certain situations and all they do is try to respond. So that's where I'm at, Joe. All that's right. where I'm at. Clay Thompson last night. How much did the team miss him? Is there a lot to angle with there? Well, if they had had Clay, it would have been different. Did that even matter? It didn't matter because, and you heard what Steve said right there, quote, the level of competition. You come out, you're down 11 nothing after three minutes. You could have five Clays out there playing hard. You're still not going to be able to get it done. You need to have total team effort. And you saw early in that game, they came out in second gear, and he used the word, the J word, jogging. Or yogging, as some would pronounce it. <laughs> it's a soft jack. Yes, it is. Ron Burgundy, I believe. But <laughs> you can't be out there jogging. So you come out, you don't have the level of competition, you are jogging, and in all defense of, of Lowe's point, I think that you have it partially wrong because the effort that he showed was not spectacular, but the effort behind him wasn't good either. So you have him out in a situation where either he doesn't know the coverages or he's not comfortable with the coverages. The defense has to play differently when he's out there because you can't switch one through five. So what do you do when Boogie gets picked? If you don't switch, he's got to fight through, which takes effort, and you need support behind him if he gets beat off the dribble, which you didn't have last night. I didn't watch While it. it's packaged respectfully, that was still a shot fired at you. I want to make sure you didn't miss that. And I would love to sit down and watch that first quarter with you. Boogie was trying to run up and down the court. He was coming out high, and he tried. He fouled guys cutting to the basket. And for you to say Clay wouldn't help, you're wrong. I think one night doesn't define either team. The Celtics have been a mess before this game, and that doesn't suddenly get erased because of 48 minutes of basketball, as great as it was. And the Warriors haven't been as dominant as they have been in recent years. But look, if they are focused and healthy... It's impossible to believe that they won't once again be in the NBA Finals and then hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy. From a baseball standpoint, the Phillies finally get their man, Bryce Harper. The world is abuzz in the baseball world because it's $330 million over 13 years. And Bryce Harper fitting in quite nicely into his new home in Philadelphia. He joined John Marks and Ike Reese on WIP in Philly and said... Only come to Philadelphia if you really want to be here. Like me. Really, Bryce? Are the Phillies the team to beat in 2019? You know, I think for me, every single year you go into spring training, you have that mentality of we want to win. And if you're not here trying to win and trying to win a World Series and thinking that you're the best team or anything like that, then you shouldn't be part of the group. You shouldn't be part of, you know, have a Phillies across your chest because at the end of the day, winning is what matters and winning is what everybody thinks about and talks about. So um, as a team, I think we're going to have to build. We're going to have to grow. Um, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, we're not going to win games. We're, you know, we are going to win games and things like that. Um, but we got to be real about the process as well. We have to be able to instill ourselves and understand our teammates, understand what we're doing. We have a great team. We have a great pitching staff, bullpen, things like that. Um, 
but the East is a juggernaut. The, the East is an unbelievable league. I mean, and the Nats are going to be good. The Braves are going to be good. Um, you know, the Mets, of course, added. So, um, but we're really damn good too. So, I mean, it's uh, that's a great play right there. Sorry, um, <laughs> but you know, for me, it's you know being able to trust what's going on and understanding what Gabe Kapler is doing and Rob Thompson and how we are as a team and how we work as a group. And if we can play good baseball, play good defense, pitch well, and uh, score a few runs, um, I think we've got a chance. All right, Bryce, a couple quickies real fast. Nancy Robinson, everybody in Philly talks about Mike Trout, so now they want to know, are you, are you, you had conversations during the free agency here. Uh, are you going to be recruiting Mike Trout when he becomes a free agent? Have you had any recent conversations with him? I think that's one thing about this contract that I'm able to do. Um, you know, having 13 years in a place, I'm able to, you know, help recruit guys to this organization and you know when I have conversations with John and Lee I can put my faith and trust in them to to make big decisions like that um you know and for me I can be able to you know talk to Trout or whoever it is big name free agent or whoever um you know wants to come to Philly or think about coming to Philly I can say hey this is the place to be this is where the fans are great um ownership understands it our manager is awesome and I can really put you know that faith in myself and being able to say hey we're going to go about the right way we're the philadelphia phillies and we want whoever wants to come to philly if you don't want to come to philly then don't come you know don't be part of it but if you want to come and be part of a winning team and a winning culture then you know we're going to need the best players to do that and you know i don't think john's scared to go out and get the best guys that uh, we need to have so um you know, I think it's respecting Mike Trout um, in a certain way during the season and letting him play and do the things he needs to do to, of course, be Mike Trout. Um, but if you don't think I'm not going to call Mike Trout in 2020 to have him come to Philly, um, you're crazy. So, I mean, correct answer. <laughs> love it, brother. Love it. This is quite hysterical from Bryce Harper. For him to say, we only want you if you really want to be here. We're the Philadelphia Phillies, and we want whoever wants to come to Philly. If you don't want to come to Philly, then don't come. You know, don't be part of it. Dude, did you really want to be there, or did you just want the biggest contract? You got $5 million more, coincidentally, huh, than the biggest contract previously, the Giancarlo Stanton deal. Did you go to Philadelphia because you really wanted to be there? Or because they gave you $5 million more than the next highest contract ever? Did you really want to go to Philadelphia? Or do they simply give you the most years? So to wag your finger and say, we only want you if you really want to be here. Dude, it took you four months to sign in Philly when they wanted you from the first step of the game. Seems a little insincere from Bryce Harper. In college basketball, one of the craziest streaks perhaps in college basketball history has now ended. The Kansas Jayhawks had won the Big 12 regular season or a share of it for 14 straight years. You got to go back to March of 2004, the last time Kansas was not the regular season Big 12 champion. So, what does it mean that this streak has finally ended? And can we trust the Jayhawks in the NCAA tournament? Here's Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler in the morning on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you're the Kansas Jayhawks, and you lost on the road to West Virginia and Oklahoma, two of the worst teams. In the Big 12. And if you expect to win the Big 12, you have to do what Dick Vermeil used to preach all the time, and that's keep losing teams losing. And Kansas did not do a good enough job this year of keeping losing teams losing. Regardless of, of who's out, Kansas is still a more talented team than West Virginia, and they're still a more talented team than Oklahoma. You have to go on the road and take care 
of those two teams, and they didn't do that. And when we're you know said and done and looking back at what didn't work this year for Kansas and why didn't they win, that's the first two things that I'm pointing to are those losses on the road to West Virginia and Oklahoma. And, and quite honestly, their road performance all year has been really p- pathetic. I mean, it has been really bad uh, to watch this team go out there and play on the road. Yudoka Azabuke is the only guy that I will say right now you can make an excuse and a what-if for because he got injured. You knew who LeGerald Vick was. You kicked his ass off the team a year ago, right? And then let him back on. You made your bed with that one. And the same goes with Silvio DeSosa. You made your bed with that one as well. You, you, you fought and touched fire and you got burned on the Silvio DeSosa situation. And so maybe that will teach Kansas a lesson not to play with fire because ultimately fire does come back and burn you. And they got burned with Silvio DeSosa. They got burned with LeGerald Vick. And the injury to Yudoka Azabuke mm-hmm. is one that I will say, that that's fine. Uh, injuries do happen. Injuries do hurt. Injuries do matter. But if it was just the Yudoka Azabuke injury, they're still good enough to go out there and, and win the Big 12. They just played terrible on the road. Whatever it was, however it happened, why ever they were bad on the road this year, that's ultimately what cost Kansas uh, losing the Big 12. And to me, I'll stand by that till, till my grave. Why did the streak end? Because they were terrible away from home. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. If you think about how much your life has changed since 2004, 14, now 15 years ago, it is just crazy to think that the one constant has been the Jayhawks have won the Big 12 regular season. And wouldn't it be interesting if after all of those years and high seeds and early exits, Bill Self with a team that has no expectations is the one that dances farthest. Now, granted, he won the national championship in 2008, and he's gone to the national championship game another time. But this is a Jayhawks team that very few people expect anything from, including those closest to the program in Lawrence and in Kansas City. And this might be an under-the-radar run if the Jayhawks can finally put it together. How about Duke and how weird their season has been? When the season began, it looked like nobody could beat them. And then They certainly were not unbeatable. And then Zion Williamson went down, and they've been very mortal. In fact, last night, one of the worst teams of the ACC, Wake Forest, nearly took them out at Cameron Indoor. A final shot by the Demon Deacons rattled in and out, or else Duke would have lost. So it's been a bizarre regular season for the Blue Devils. And will Zion Williamson play again in the ACC tournament? And the NCAA tournament, Mully and Haw on 6-7 of the score in Chicago. Let's listen in. It was described as a grade one mild sprain, right? I don't think it was uh, some sort of... Uh, They've called it mild well, like 500 times. Well, I'm just saying, yes. it's, so it's that's not like, supposed to be... Might be a little... Any sort of career-defining injury. It's, you know, he mm. dodged a bullet. Let's put it that way. Um, I think Zion Williamson... They're saving him for the conference tournament. I think he'll come back for the conference tournament, and I think he'll play in the NCAA tournament. And um, 
whether I think he should or shouldn't, irrelevant because he's going to do it. He wants to, and he's going to, and I fully expect him to. And no, I would not be concerned about the condition of his sprained knee uh, if I were an NBA team. You will, you will obviously have all the medical information before you make that selection. Um, I don't think I, I, it's my understanding that he's not going to injure it further. That it's a sprained mm-hmm. MCL and. It's not like he's going to blow his knee out if he comes back and play. If that were the case, then he wouldn't come back. But I believe they're saving him for the ACC tournament, and then they're going to try to win that and then go into the tournament, the NCAAs, with a lot of momentum, as the ACC winner used to back in the day. Uh, So I I think that's what Coach K is thinking, and I think all of this is according to Hoyle and according to plan, and I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. Marvin Bagley last year missed four games at the end of the year with a similar knee injury, but we didn't make as much out of it or don't remember it maybe because nobody was really starving for Marvin. It wasn't like a hashtag thing, and Zion Williamson has taken over college basketball, so everything that happens to him is is a big news story depending on the news cycle. He loves the game. He loves, he loves being at Duke. He, he anticipates the NCAA tournament, and he has for a while now. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Yeah. So he's going to come back, and... I would be a little concerned if I were an NBA team. I mean, it would get your attention. You, you, it raises a, a flag. It, it, answer, it, it poses a question that you need to answer as you kind of look into every aspect of this guy's can, life. Can I ask you a question sure. related to that? If he had a blown-out knee, would you still draft him or would you pass on him? I would draft him, but maybe not number one overall. I mean, Greg Oden, right, had, he needed that, that micro-fracture surgery and still got drafted. Now... That would tell you. I don't, to I don't know. I'm if, just saying it. If he's coming people back, people have drafted guys with big injuries. Blake yeah. Griffin missed his rookie season. Yes. Had a pretty decent. That's career. a fascinating question. I don't know that I would draft him first overall, though. But it, depending on on your needs and depending where you are as a franchise, if I were the Bulls, I'd have some concerns about drafting a guy who's uh, you know ha- having coming off major re- knee reconstructive surgery. But I do think Zion comes back this year for Duke in the tournament, and people will. Uh, be watching him, and that'll be a great platform for him. Yeah, uh, Zion Williamson's going to play. He's already missed two weeks, and before they play an NC 2A tournament game, it would be another two weeks from right now. So now we're talking about a month. And Coach K put it out there that he thinks he's going to be ready uh, for the conference tournament even before that. So I definitely think he's going to play. Should he? Uh, that's up for debate. Um, and We've talked about the various issues around that one. Uh, if it's about the NBA prospects, I don't think him playing this year in college has anything to do with it. You guys said uh, they will have all the medicals. If he does not play, would I be concerned about drafting him? No, I wouldn't. Now, we saw Porter fell in last year's draft. He went from, oh, he's going to be top five, top six, all the way down to number 14. But he's had multiple injuries. Uh, but the teams will have all the information. And from the sounds of it, this isn't that serious I wouldn't hesitate drafting this guy, even number one overall, because it's not about one year. It's about what this guy is going to do for your organization for the next decade. If Zion doesn't feel comfortable playing on that knee, then he shouldn't because he's going to be the number one pick overall in the NBA draft if he doesn't play another minute for Duke or not. And I said this when he got injured, Zion doesn't owe anybody anything at Duke after what happened with his knee. He already proved what he needed to prove. I think what it is proving already right now 
is that Zion's the best player in the NCAA by far. He's not just a one-dimensional dunker because once he left the Duke Blue Devils roster, once he was no longer on the floor for this team, they became very mediocre, very beatable. North Carolina shattered them. They went to the Carrier Dome, and even Syracuse held a six-point lead at the half and into the second half. They also nearly lost to Wake Forest, and this Duke team might have two other lottery picks, but nobody carries them the same way that Zion does. And finally, we end on a light note. Let's listen in on WFAN's morning show, Boomer and Geo, as they discuss some perhaps interesting, maybe disturbing images in your mind of one Super Bowl legend, Phil Simms. I could see it being your your Tarzan call. That could be a nice ring call. See, I like that. I do like that. That would be pretty good. That That sounds like a ringtone. Definitely a ringtone. Yes. Uh, On the opposite. (laughs) 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 That's your text notification. That's what that is. That's 100% what that is. God. (laughs) Jerry Rickoff's ringtone. All right, I'll sell myself. <laughs> Good. All right, you're in. You're in with the ringtones. I'll do personalized messages as other WFN personalities. I'm in. I think we make this a business. I like it. <laughs> uh, I've got so many Joe ideas I can't. <laughs> All right. All right, moment of the day brought you're you You're making re- so much money now that it doesn't matter. Resort. Right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You've worked really hard your entire life to get to this point. Doesn't matter. I'll just pay more taxes. Yeah. Who cares? Resorts World's Casino in Queens with over 6,000 games. This is how NYC rolls. Uh, A lot of the uh, show today, you guys were talking NFL draft in this portion about quarterback prospects. I mean, you look at the kid. He's He looks just like an NFL quarterback should look like. Now look at, I mean, if you watch how he throws it and how he holds the ball, the fundamentals and all that stuff that Phil Sims likes to teach, you know, that's like porn for Phil Sims. You know, just watching that kid throw and watching film and all this other stuff. That is, I mean, I don't visual. know how he, I don't know how he feels about it, but I, I don't know. I look at the kid and I said, man, that kid can play. So, and I think he believes that he belongs in the NFL. <laughs> I can't get. Phil Sims porn out of my Oh, yes. Yeah. That's I, what I'm can't, talking I can't. I want to show a double feature on the rear end. See, I'll tell you this. Just listen to him. When you listen to him, you understand why he finds that to be so enjoyable. See, I like my alignment big and thick. See? You're right. Who I mean, talks like that? Oh, yes. Oh, the great Phil Sims. Moment of the day. He's not going to be happy with that. Why? Oh, I know him. Yeah. Can't be any worse than what you did to him at the Super Bowl, so I'm sure he'll be fine. What are you talking about, Gio? <laughs> I mean, he loves watching tape. That's what he does. He no, sits in his little office over there, and he turns the lights off, and he watches tape. And I'm sure he's right now analyzing the body styles of all the quarterbacks. Boomer and Gio on the fans. I'm a little annoyed at this stiff white thing. CBS Sports Network. Uh. <laughs> Phil Sims ringtone. Oh, God. Once I did it with four women. Once I did it with four women. Once I did it with four women. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if you could secretly like get into somebody's phone and set that as the ringtone, put the volume all the way up. Oh God! All of a sudden they're like, dropping their kid off at school or something. <laughs>
<laughs> I miss my man. I haven't seen him in a while, man. Since the uh, the flight back? Yeah, the since the flight, flight back. back yeah. Been a month now. From the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's probably still in bed. When he polished off you know, that <laughs> entire bottle of Casamigos. Uh, <laughs> He's trying to tell me, oh, you know, I have anything to drink. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Didn't he have a vodka soda the first day we got there? Oh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Hey, small then business Then you ate owners. his crab cake, remember? <laughs> <laughs> you said that looks good. Give me that. He <laughs> just handed it to you. Yeah. Come on, guys. We don't need that. We don't need to think about those things with the great Phil Sims, okay? All right. What are you talking about, Gio? <laughs> I mean, he loves watching tape. That's what he does. He oh, sits in his little office over there. And he turns the lights off and he watches tape. Please, put a little respect on that name, the great Philip Sims. And I'm sure he's right now analyzing the body styles of all the quarterbacks. Boomer and Geo on the fans. I'm CBS. a little annoyed with this stiff white thing. Yep, that'll do it. The best in your sports talk for Around the Dial, Wednesday, March the 6th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 